My friend, there are more than a number of fabulous nonprofits improving the lives of Kentuckians all across the Commonwealth, and truth be known, each and every one of them is worthy of our time and attention. But I have selected one of many that are near and dear to my heart, and in fact, this will be the second notable nonprofit that we have featured here on Blabbing in the Bluegrass. The first was right before Christmas, United Way of Henderson County. Kelsey Dunham was brave enough to join me from there. But uh, this time around, we switched gears to Habitat for Humanity of Henderson County. And Director Brittany Smith is waiting in the wings to come on here in just a wee bit. She'll talk about all that they've accomplished and all that's to come. They are always, always up to something those volunteers, the staff, they are making a difference in their community on a daily basis. And so we'll find out what they're all about. Plus, there is a restore right there on premise. And uh, you can go in there and snag basement bargains that uh, you often won't find anywhere else. There is just no telling what's going to be on those shelves inside the restore from week to week. So we'll enlighten you on uh, some of that. And how can you get involved? Good, good question. Because the Habitat folks are like a family, and they've always got room for more. You can make their family even bigger, and we will tell you how. Buckle up, we got a lot to talk about. It's Blabbing in the Bluegrass, Season 7, Episode 10. Come on! Kentucky features so much more than basketball and horses. We're home to scenic spectacles and one-of-a-kind golf courses. If boating, fishing, dining, or music is your pleasure, we'll guide you to the sights and sounds that you will truly treasure. Cause we're blabbing, blabbing in the bluegrass. There's nothing here to hide, cause we're saying it with pride. Just a blabbing, blabbing in the bluegrass. With knowledge of the state, you're sure to appreciate. Yes, we're blabbing, blabbing in the bluegrass. Where musicians furnish talent and great whiskey cools your palate. Just a blabbing, blabbing in the bluegrass. With a fit for every taste, precious time is not to waste. From Calvert City to Calhoun, Calipari's Dwelling to Calumet Farm, we absolutely fit this great commonwealth just like a glove, if not better. And we do our best to prove that to you week in and week out, right here and only here on Blabbing in the Bluegrass, Exploration and Celebration of all things Kentucky, with me, Sam Moore, here at the welcoming and wowing North Quail Motel in beautiful Henderson, KY. It is notable nonprofit time once again. Brittany Smith is my guest from Habitat for Humanity of Henderson. You know, Brittany told me that uh, not long ago, the uh, local chapter in Henderson completed their uh, 77th home dedication since the chapter's inception. 77, that is a high number, and a lot of local residents whose lives have been changed dramatically for the better. And they ain't about to stop there. Plenty, plenty more where that came from is still to come, and uh, plenty of room for you to jump on board in a variety of different capacities, not just home building. If you're not the type that likes to get down and get dirty in the heat over the summertime, no worries. There are plenty of opportunities for you to get in on the action, and if you don't live in Henderson, no worries. You are not far 
from a Habitat for Humanity. They have them all across the Commonwealth, so be sure to go to the Kentucky Habitat webpage and you can look up your local or uh, nearby chapter, okay? Not one in every county, but there is one in every region. So I can assure you that you are reasonably close to a chapter, no matter where it is you are. But anyway, we're going to talk about uh, how Brittany got involved, how she became interested in Habitat for Humanity, and uh, some of her accomplishments or the accomplishments of the organization that have happened under her directorship, and of course, they couldn't have been possible. Not that Brittany's not doing a fabulous job, but they couldn't have been possible without the uh, great staff, dedicated volunteers that she's had to uh, work alongside her. So we will hear all about the uh, tremendous, tremendous achievements and the future achievements that are no doubt on the horizon for Habitat for Humanity in Henderson. But before we get to Brittany Smith... We have a bluegrass brain buster. It is hot off the press, and uh, we strive to do one of these each and every week. So you're going to get the question now, and after you learn all that you could ever want to learn about Habitat, and maybe a little more, with me and Brittany, we will give you the answer at the end of the show. Of course it's Habitat-themed. How did you guess? Anyway, I want to know how many Habitat chapters are found in Kentucky. Again, how many Habitat for Humanity chapters are found in Kentucky? So get the juices flowing as you listen. We'll allow for some slight multitasking, okay? And we will enlighten you in the program's final segments. Blabbing in the Bluegrass is pleased to spotlight a notable nonprofits. Well, it's my privilege to feature another notable nonprofit here on Blabbing in the Bluegrass, doing big things here in Henderson and Henderson County, and uh, plenty of big plans for the future and a number of ways that we can all contribute, get involved, and and show our support. And if you're outside of Henderson, Henderson County, don't worry. Wherever you are in the state, you are never far from a chapter. But we are focusing on Habitat for Humanity of Henderson and here to share with us all about it and uh, the important mission of the organization, her history with it, mm-hmm. and uh, everything else that uh, we can perhaps pry out of her before we dismiss her because she is in the torture chair after all let's welcome the executive director of habitat for humanity of henderson none other than Brittany smith thank you very much sam i'm very happy to be on today well we're glad to have you now i can pick on Brittany, folks because (laughs) she and i went to high school at roughly the same time for uh well three of the same years we were in a speech class together as well Yes. With with Michelle Barnett, who is one of the few teachers um, who who was there when we were at the high school that's actually still there. Mm -hmm. Now, don't make it sound too old now. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, age ain't nothing but a number. That's what I always tell people. (laughs) Anyway, Brittany, it's too bad you're never using the uh, the skills that we developed in that speech class. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, we we use them a few times here. (laughs) Once or twice. Yeah, I'm telling you. Well, uh, gosh, it's hard to believe, Brittany, that you've been with Habitat for, gosh, it'll be nine years in July, right? Yes. Yep. I started in the summer of 2014. So you're 
you're creeping up on veteran status at this point. Yes, but, uh, I've been the, the longest running director at this affiliate. Longest running director, I'm telling you. That, that <laughs> did not happen by accident. But uh, anyhow, Brittany, tell us first when and how it was that you originally found an interest in Habitat for Humanity and a desire to become part of it. So I originally um, learned about Habitat for Humanity when I did my internship. Um, I got my degree with Northern Kentucky University, but oh. my heart is in uh, Henderson. And so I came back each summer from college and I interned with uh, Jennifer Keach, who was with Western Kentucky Energy, uh, Big Rivers. And sure. um, Jennifer was head of the chamber here in Henderson. And Jennifer took me to a ribbon cutting at the Habitat Restore when it was on Green Street. And so I thought it was really neat then. I kind of followed it a little bit there. And then after that, I also, um, later, whenever I worked for Brentag Mid-South, which is where I worked after I graduated from college in their HR department, um, a guy that I worked with, he invited me to come, me and another coworker, to come to a race meeting. Uh, uh, the 5K race is one of our flagship fundraisers. Oh, sure. Here at Henderson Habitat. And mm -hmm. uh, he said, oh, you need to come, you need to join. What I didn't realize is they had told him if he got somebody to join the committee, he could drop off the committee. So uh, <laughs> I, I joke with him that I, I showed up and he never came back. But oh. I joined the race committee, um, got very involved in that for a couple of years. And then um, from there, they had an executive director opening. And um, I kind of have a unique story with Habitat. I applied five times over five years. Um, and the very last time they decided to hire me, I think mainly because they thought this girl's just going to keep applying and applying. So I, <laughs> I, I, I will tell, you know, tell people that want to get into nonprofit work. Don't, you know, if you're very passionate about one nonprofit, do not give up. You know, I really wanted to work here, but on paper, I didn't have some of the skills they were looking for, but I knew that I could hone those skills and learn those skills. Um, you know, grant writing, things like that. I didn't do that in the for-profit world you know, the corporate world, but I knew that I could learn them and do them. I just had to talk them into it, which took a little time, but uh, that's kind of how I came to be here at Henderson Habitat. And uh, I absolutely love what I do here. So. Yeah. And you're, you're still there uh, after mm -hmm. almost a decade. So, mm -hmm. you know, obviously you're, you're doing something right. And um, I know that, gosh, there's never a, a dull moment in your life between Habitat and, um, Plus, I know you've got a little one. Uh, what's the name now? I do. I have a son. His name is Everett, and he just turned nine. So. Nine years old. He's not so little anymore, is he? <laughs> He's not, but he comes to uh, a lot of the Habitat dedications and uh, groundbreakings with me. And during the summer, he and some of the other people that work here, um, our kids come in and we uh, you know, show them the importance of what Habitat does. Uh, we'll let them run you know, play around the register for a couple of hours, or they like to help us dust uh, in the restore. But, um, you know, we all feel it's very important to get them involved in giving back in the community, whatever their passion may be when they grow up. So Everett is developing an appreciation for uh, his mama's work and, and the work of the organization. And who knows, he might end up following in your footsteps. 
And well, his father, my husband and his father is a teacher. So he says he's going to be a teacher, but he can work for me in the summers. He says in the summer. <laughs> <laughs> That'll keep him busy. 365 a year almost. Yes. yes. Oh, goodness. Now, where's your son go to school? Uh, my son goes to uh, Holy Name here in Henderson. Holy Name. Okay. Is that where your husband teaches? No, my husband actually teaches over in Evansville at oh, Harwood okay. Preparatory. I see. Okay. So he's not going to school where his dad teaches. That can have its pros and cons. But anyway, <laughs> my, my, my mom was a teacher, but I never went to school um, anywhere that she taught. Not that I don't love her, but I'm kind of glad I didn't. But anyway, <laughs> yeah, that's great that your, your son hangs around Habitat so much and he's uh, learning the ropes at such a young age. But anyway, you said you went to college at um, Northern Kentucky University. So uh, you spent some time in good old Highland Heights. What was your, uh, what was your major up there? Uh, my major was public relations and my minor was uh, communication studies or what some places call speech. So um, I did take that love that, you know, we, we both had in high school of speech and uh, took that with me to college. Um, I will say Northern, fantastic university. I can't say enough about it. Um, and my PR degree helped. Uh, they actually offered seminar training, which I actually use here um, quite a bit, not in full seminars, but, you know, training for uh, or setting up for meetings and things like that. And uh, they even offered an interview class, which I found very interesting. So, um, oh, so you could, you could polish those interview skills for when you entered the working world. Yes. The only, only class I was not good at was news writing. I will tell a hundred <laughs> speeches, but I do not want, I would do write press releases and things like that here, but uh, they have to be heavily proofed. Uh, my husband is an English teacher, a high school English teacher. So, um, he proofs some of my stuff for me and my operations manager proofs it for me as well. So uh, they make sure I use commas, which I'm not a fan of. But. <laughs> I overuse commas, so we're opposites <laughs> there. But uh, <laughs> I guess that's where we, we cancel out. But that's good, though. Teamwork. So your husband <laughs> proofs a lot of your your press releases and you, mm -hmm. you know, you honed a lot of skills up there. At good old Northern. Now you, so you graduated and I guess it would have been uh, 09. Uh -huh. I graduated in December of 09 and um, then came back home to Henderson. Like I said, my my heart is definitely in Henderson and this is where I've always, you know, wanted to be and work. So, yeah. And you interned with uh, Jennifer there at the chamber the summer before. Well, I interned with her actually at WKE, but um, I got kind of the best of both worlds because uh, Western Kentucky Energy was still in Henderson then. So I got to learn her corporate side of that. And um, I got to see a lot of what she did at the chamber. And kind oh, okay, of yeah, and just as an added bonus, even though you were with WKE there. Yes. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Um, you know, Miss Miss Keach had been doing. Um, Jennifer had been doing PR for a long, long time, so she was a very good person to learn from. Um, I even got to go out to all of the Big Rivers plants and see how all that part was done. So she really showed me the entire world of what I you know, what I could do with my degree in the many areas, nonprofit and uh, corporate that I could go into. Yeah, Jennifer's good people. She and I know each other quite well. We go to church <laughs> together. Not only that, um, Bob Park, of course, everybody in Henderson knows Bob Park's name, and we've had him on the show before a couple times too, but uh, Jennifer and I have been in several of his plays together. <laughs> so, 
you know. <laughs> I've even been to the Keach house once. So believe it or not, she thought enough of me to invite Wells with the rest of the cast. But we went out there and <laughs> and had a big old time after uh, after one of the plays. So she's a, she's somebody that um, I think an awful lot of. So um, talk a little bit about your career before Brent or before um, Habitat, I should say. I know you worked at Brentag. Was that your first job out of school? Um, I actually was a major at Krispy Kreme for a little while. Oh, um, Krispy Kreme manager. Yeah, that that was uh, interesting. And <laughs> um, ate a lot of donuts, learned a lot of things. And then um, I wasn't there uh, maybe about three or four months. And then I was, <clears throat> excuse me, offered a job at uh, Brentag Mid-South's corporate office, which is located here in Henderson. Right. And um, I did HR for them. Um, so do a lot of benefits, uh, life insurance, and you would think as a nonprofit person, oh, none of that would be needed. Well, a lot of those skills have carried over. You know, we still deal with workers' comps here because we have employees and we still deal with drug testing and we still deal with, you know, uh, driving regulations and health insurance and all those things. So I've gotten to take a lot of experience that I learned from Brintag and brought it over um, and Brentag let me do a lot of interviewing as well. Um, and I also got to learn about a lot of the programs that went on in Henderson that Brentag utilized. And that that helped me tremendously when I came to Habitat. Yeah, so you know, translated quite nicely to um, to your current role there. Now, you probably don't crave donuts anymore, do you, after spending so much time around no. with Krispy Kreme? <laughs> no, I will still eat Krispy Kremes, but I, I do not I do not bake anything, though. You don't bake personally, no. okay? <laughs> but you still, uh, you're still tempted by that hot donut sign at yes. Krispy Kreme. Yeah, whenever I, it's up. I have had every donut from Krispy Kreme hot, which is a uh, something that most people can't say. They are all good hot, but of course they only serve the regular, you know, glazed ones. So that that was one thing I took away from it was I got to try everything when it yeah, yeah. So that, that Gosh, how how many how many kinds of donuts do they have? It's got to be like dozens. Uh, at that time, I'd say we probably had like 20 plus different types. Of oh, okay. So about two dozen anyway. <laughs> it was it was an insane amount. Most of those donuts are good, not hot. And then when you get them hot, that's just, mm-hmm. gosh, mm, icing on the cake. Now, what was your favorite <laughs> kind hot? Um, They had a chocolate one, like a cake donut, but it tasted like a brownie when it first came out Um, and we got to try them. So that one's probably my favorite, but you, that's not one you can get hot. Um, just in the general public. So that's probably the one I miss the most. I see. So for the general public, even though you can't get it hot, it's worth trying. Well, we'll call it the brownie donut. So a little, (laughs) little free plug there. But uh, anyway, um, now did you, did you hold any other positions um, prior to becoming executive director for Habitat uh, with the organization? Or did you just jump right into the director role? Um, I did not. At the time I came here, we only really had, um, two to three positions here um we also were small staff than, so we had a restore manager a couple people that worked a little part-time for us um like our restore driver and then um i actually was lucky enough to be trained by the person that is my operations our chief op chief operating officer coo um, <laughs> yes coo thank you um which is uh matt reynolds um his wife actually had been over the race committee. So I had met her first. Um, and like I said, she really fostered, you know, what Habitat did and how I could get involved with it. Um, and then when I started, he was here as the interim director. 
um, Matt was because he was going to nursing school. And then he uh, worked here part-time, became a full-time nurse. And then we talked him into coming here and actually um, being our COO full-time. Um, I feel like it was just yesterday, but I, I want to say it was about three years ago. So I see. So, so he trained you, then he left and, and then he came back in a big way. Well, so. he, ne he never quite left us. He, he worked about, uh, probably 20 or 30 hours a week still with us. Um, oh, so he was always on in a part-time capacity. <laughs> yes, yes. We we just wanted to have him here more often and full-time. So uh, we talked him into leaving nursing, which people think he's crazy for on a regular basis, to uh, come here and uh, be our COO. So. Well, everybody knows how much we need nurses, but hey, better hours at Habitat in many cases. So <laughs> yeah, it kind of depends on the weeks, but most weeks, yes. Yes, yeah. so I know there are weekends involved with Habitat too, especially mm -hmm. with dedication. We'll get into more of that here momentarily, Brittany. But anyway, <laughs> like we said, um, this coming July, you'll be um, celebrating your ninth employment anniversary with Henderson's mm -hmm. Habitat for Humanity. And I know you wouldn't have stuck with it, so long if it wasn't uh, a passion of yours. So describe what has made this role so gratifying and fulfilling for you so far. So I originally joined Habitat, um, you know, because I felt like if I was going to work long hours, I really wanted to be somewhere where I felt I was making a difference each day. Um, and again, as you mentioned, I have a young son and he was uh, only about six or seven you know, months old whenever I started. Um, and once I had, you know, once I started doing home visits and things like that and seeing how we could help each family, um, that's the part that's it for me. Um, I have a lot of the families on my Facebook and I love to see things they do in their homes. You know, when a home is built, everything that happens in that home is something that we have contributed directly to, you know, our volunteers, our staff, our donors, our community. Um, you know, I have one family when they had Christmas, I sent them a text. I was like, oh my gosh, your Christmas tree is so cute. Uh, they had a murder mystery at their house the other night, you know, like a few friends over, um, uh, birthday parties. So, um, you know, anytime I drive by a house, you know, when it was warm last week, people were sitting out on their porches, uh, we'll drive by and people will be working in their flower beds. All of those things that anyone thinks about that happened in their home. Those all happen in our homes too, you know, in, in the Habitat homes. Um, all those life's, life uh, or milestones that people have, you know, or when you think of, okay, like you mentioned, I went off to college while I still came back, you know, home to my mom's house. Um, our families are the same way. So that that's really what um, connected me to it. Yeah. And a couple of years ago, we uh, did an impact study with the University of Southern Indiana um, where our homeowners got to give uh, anonymous answers to questions oh, uh -huh. and, uh, about how we could better the program and things like that as well. But from there and some other studies that we've done, I did not realize how much the economic impact was of Henderson. Um, you know, with our nonprofit, you can see your dollar directly at work. You know, if you go to a house, there is the roof that you have paid for. There are the beams that you have paid for. Um, but also, all of our homeowners pay city and county taxes, and we build our houses with local um, craftsmen and our volunteers, of course. So everything stays local, but we did a study um, a couple of years ago. If we had never existed in Henderson, um, 
on our first 77 homes, which we just closed on our 77th home. Um, that would have been last month. Oh, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. um, if we had never existed in Henderson, the taxable value of all those lots would have been around uh, right around 400000 that the city would have been tax, uh, doing a taxable value off of. Since we exist and um, all the habitat homes that have been built, um, the taxable value is close to four million. So a big difference between four hundred thousand and four million. Yeah. So <laughs> um, you, you know the big thing that I can see in Henderson is if I'm at the library, I see my money at work there. You know my homeowners, like I said, they all pay, you know, city and county taxes, um, except for the few that maybe live in the county, but. Um, don't pay this, don't pay city, but right. um, you know, um, that money is used to fund the public library. It's used to make sure our roads are good here in Henderson. It's, it's used for the school taxes. So, um, you know, the more that we are able to build and provide people with affordable housing, then the more that we are able to also help Henderson to economically grow. And we want those people to get very involved in their community. Um, my um, Home buyer services director. Um, one thing that she's really good about is letting our homeowners know what there is going on in town that they can get involved in. So we're kind of unique on sweat equity hours sometimes. Um, right. <laughs> what I mean by that is, um, you know, the UK Extension Office here, they'll teach a class on making a meal for under $10, or they'll teach one on how to, how to fix your lawnmower. How to grow your Oh, yeah. Lawnmower. Gardening classes and all mm -hmm. that. They, they offer a, a wide array of classes out yes. there. The uh, public library, they teach one about um, Microsoft, um, you know, Suite, Excel, um, things like that. And so we encourage our homeowners to go to those different things. We encourage them to get involved in um, any meetings that are happening in their neighborhoods. Right now, we're building a lot in the Audubon area, and um, they're having a lot of meetings in that area about what the residents want to see. Um, it's 80% rental right now and we'd really like to bring a lot of homeownership back to that really historical area of Henderson and so you know we tell our homeowners go to those meetings voice your opinions and so our sweat equity like I said is a little bit different than some other places but we want to make sure when they uh, move into their habitat home that they're also as as involved as they want to be and can be right in the Henderson community because um, all voices need to be heard. Yeah, you want to make sure that uh, you know their their presence is felt as much as as they want it to be. But like you said, it's a you know a great sense of pride knowing that you know you, you pass by a home and you know there you see them you know living the good life, enjoying themselves on the porch or mm -hmm. planting flowers or whatever. And it feels good to know that that you had um, uh, a hand in that, and you you've seen a lot of tears of joy over your time. I know. Yes, yes, we have. We um. I one of our homeowners even has a dance that she minted for her Habitat home um, that she did on our Facebook Live uh, that people can view. And that was back in December. Her name's Dana, and we call it the Dana Dance. The Dana Dance. I love it. <laughs> so you'll have to do the Dana Dance. Yeah, we have you back on here, Brittany. We're going to do video, and we're going to expect oh. you to do that Dana Dance for us. No, Matt is the Dana Dancer. I'll have oh. to do the Dana Dance for you. So. <laughs> You're bowing out of that one, huh? Yeah, I don't uh. dance. I don't cook, and I don't dance. So. <laughs> I don't cook, and don't dance. <laughs> oh, she has strict boundaries. But anyway, <laughs> but yeah, these families, though, that you you helped i tell you they uh they really become part of your family basically don't they 
Yes. Um, my husband asked the other day, he said, so when people pay off their homes, you don't see them anymore. And I said, I said, no, that's not, you know, not true. Um, there are people that paid off their homes when I very first started. They still come and shop in our restore. They still help me get out the word about um, our mission. They, One of our homeowners, um, she cleans all the other Habitat homes before people move in because she wants them to kind of be able to relax at that time and be able to move into a completely cleaned house with, you know, uh, without having to put that worry on them. So we have a, um, I had a homeowner come in yesterday and he just came in to volunteer for a little bit just to hang out with us and chat and just see if we needed to help in the restore for a couple hours, not for sweat equity or anything else. He's already gotten his home, but um, yeah, they do become like family. Uh, we get to know them. We get to, um, you know, see their children grow up. We get to um, celebrate all of life's great, um, you know, great blessings with them um, each year. So, yeah. So, <laughs> you know, just because the, you know, the help is done and, and your part may be technically done. That doesn't mean you lose touch with them in in most cases. Right. So it's you know it's good to know that that you still maintain a, a tight a tight knit relationship with a lot of those people. Now we've been sort of uh, touching on your mission, uh, you know, the last twenty minutes or so here. But I guess the technical wording of uh, the Habitat for Humanity Henderson's mission is to build houses, build hope, and change lives. Correct. Yes. Um, yeah, with Habitat, um, what there's a much longer mission statement, but what we say here is building houses, building hope, and changing lives. Yeah, and I guess, you know, the whole mission statement on. might take us a half hour or so to get through. <laughs> <laughs> but, but anyway, that's a good way for us to to, to basically remember it. And uh, they're <laughs> definitely, you know, lives are definitely changed when, uh, when these dedications are are made for sure. Now, Henderson's Habitat affiliate uh, conducts a number of these um, exciting and engaging fundraisers that we briefly hit on earlier. And these, of course, generate interest in the organization and uh, community support. So uh, we talked about one of them a little bit. So we can elaborate on that and um, talk about some others. So why don't you give us a synopsis of um of these intriguing fundraisers along with the ways that we can uh, become involved with them, Brittany. So fundraiser wise, um, our two flagship fundraisers, as we call them, are our bourbon raffle, which takes place um, usually in the fall. So if they watch our Facebook, um, they'll see some information coming out about that, I believe around uh, July. Now, I know you never have to twist Kentuckians' arm too hard <laughs> to get involved with the bourbon raffle. <laughs> and, they, and they don't have to live in Kentucky. They can uh, they can live anywhere in the U.S. Um, our, oh, yeah. Uh, we we do uh, do some deliveries. They just can't live, I believe it's in Virginia or West Virginia. One Those of the are the only two states. Okay. Um, one of the two I can sell to. The other one I cannot. I can't remember which one it is. But when, when they go to our raffle site, that's something they'll be able to see. Um, and that site's not up yet, of course, because we're not ready to sell tickets just yet. Uh, um, right. Our, our other flagship fundraiser is the Habitat um, 5K, and it takes place on Trifest weekend here in Henderson. And that one is going to be on April 15th. Um, That'll be here before we know it. It will be. People can sign up to uh, race if they want. They can go to um, our website, which is hendersonhabitat.org, or they can go to our Facebook, which is just, again, Henderson Habitat. Um, they can also uh, call us if they want to volunteer. 
because we need to block, um, we need about 75 people to help us block streets downtown. Sure. Um, so the runners can run through. And um, we only need the volunteers, maybe about an hour, hour and a half at the very most. You can bring your lawn chairs. You can sit out. We give you a sign. Um, it's a fun time. Um, and if they wanted to volunteer, they can call us 826-0015 and the area code's 270. Um, one of our things that people don't really consider a fundraiser, but um, we we call it a 365 day a year fundraiser. Yeah, year long. <laughs> yeah, is our Habitat Restore. Um, you know, our, our restore is open to the public. Right. Um, anyone can come in and shop. We're open six days a week. Um, our hours on Monday, we don't open until 11. Um, but Tuesday through Friday, we're open nine to five and Saturdays are nine to two. Um, people can donate um, if they give us a call at that 270-826-0015. They'll get the restore first. Um, we do Facebook Lives all the time. If people want to see what we have, we have an online restore as well. So we say we're better than Amazon. You don't have to wait the three days. Exactly. Pick it up the next day. Um, and so our, you know, our restore is a great um, community part for us. And uh, we've had a restore for quite a long time um, here. I want to say our started in 2003 or 2004. Um, but, you know, people can come in and they can volunteer on the restore if they want. Um, they would need to call us before. that. Would, they can't just show up and say, I want to volunteer. We would need them to say, you know, uh, set up some stuff. This will make sure they're safe. You so, want to at least be able to find the role for them, you know, <laughs> when they get yes. there. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and of course, um, you know, we unload and load trucks and, and put furniture together. So we do want to make sure they're safe. Um, people yeah. were always looking for volunteers for our habitat um, builds. We build on Tuesdays and Thursdays, and we usually build from uh, about eight o'clock in the morning till right around noon. Um, and so if anybody's interested in that, again, that number that I gave out, that's the good number to call. No matter what. Yes. Yes. That, <laughs> that will get you to any and everything with us. The other ways they can get involved, um, you know, like I said, when I was working at Brintech, I couldn't come to the build sites. I couldn't volunteer at the restore unless it was a Saturday. Uh, we do have a couple of unique things that we have. We have what's called the $25 club. And the $25 club is where um, people can sign up and they pledge that they will donate $25 every time I complete a house. So it holds my feet to the fire. So if I don't complete the house, Sam, you don't pay me the money. But if I complete the house, then we send you an invoice and, um, you know, tell you about the family that we've just completed the house for, and then people send back in their checks. So um, I think that's a very unique thing that we do um, to make sure that, you know, our mission is served and the money is um, going exactly where, you know, we've told the donors it's going to. Um, Absolutely. So I'm trying to think of it. Uh, and we have a flag fundraiser also that we started last year with Independence Bank. Um, so, you, so you're patriotic. We are very patriotic. So what, what we do with the flags is we do all the work for you. You sign up, we bring them out to your house um, around the beginning of, uh, right before Memorial Day, we put them out and they are, I think, a seven foot pole. Um, I actually have one that goes in, in my yard and then we, uh, we come back and get them um, after, um, I believe it is uh, Veterans Day in November. And so we leave it out from May to November, but we will check on them. You know, we make sure our flags do not get tattered, that they um, are uh, displayed correctly. And um, Corey Bridges, um, which is a prior board member of ours and on many of our committees, we work with him to make sure the flags are retired appropriately as well. And that we follow 
flag etiquette. So, um, yeah, so that that's one of our newer ones. Um, you know, so if, if you need a flag, let me do all the work for you. And we even will put smaller ones at uh, grave sites. You know, I talk I about service with a smile. So yes, <laughs> yes. small ones at grave sites. Yes. Yeah, that's wonderful. So they stay up from Memorial Day to, to Veterans Day, those flags. Mm -hmm. And the ones at the um, grave sites, you know, they're a really good idea, especially if you're listening and you live out of town, you know, or you're, you know, really busy running around, but you want to make sure that that veteran, um, you know, in your family or your friend that they are recognized in that time. So like I did one for my grandfather's um, and it, it's a more of a garden size flag and it just sits kind of right behind it. Um, and I'm getting ready to do one for my uh, father's this year as well. But um, you know, they both served and it's really important to me that people know that about them. And so um, we kind of added that in because we heard from a lot of people, you know, they live out of town or they're not in town all the time and they, but they wanted to be able to honor those people um, in that way. So, um, you know, if yeah. you want to do it, we probably, we probably offer it. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> those flags are, you know, a great symbol to uh, honor the, the service of those who have, uh, help to uh, fight for our freedom and that that 5k during the tri-fest i know that's that's always a big time and i know that you stay more than busy enough helping to you know sort of lead and coordinate the event but i gotta know have you ever actually run the 5k no i um, <laughs> we used to have a board president that he was only he would only run if someone was chasing him and i <laughs> that statement um my mom and my son usually do walk it um but no, I, I have never um, ran it. Um, I, I'm not a, I like yoga, but I'm not a runner. So <laughs> I understand. So you, you just prefer to uh, contribute and, and lend your expertise in other ways. <laughs> yes. Yes. They don't want to see me out there running. Oh gosh. <laughs> don't sell yourself short, but I know that, uh, you know, your, your day is plenty full doing other things. Now, uh, as we mentioned briefly a little bit ago, um, Another way that we can definitely help support Habitat for Humanity of Henderson is by stocking up on basement bargains in the Habitat Restore, which you said you thought had been around since about 2003 or so. So uh, how about let's expand a little more on um, what we can take advantage of in there, the wide array of products and um deals that we can typically stock up on our habitat restore that's how most people um i would say probably know us um we're located at 1033rd street underneath the second street overpass and they want to park in the alley now that's a little odd that's just how uh, the building that we're in now is set up um but great deals um if people donate um you know they get a tax deduction sheet from us uh we do offer delivery if people uh, buy things they need delivered is a certain price, but if you're like me, I don't have a truck and then getting a family member to move it, you know, it's, it's uh, my delivery guys are fantastic. Uh, my drivers are fantastic. And so, um, you know, with the store, I, if you can dream it, we've probably had it in our store. Uh, we, I can't, we've had tanning beds. We've had um, nightstands. I know. Yep, we have night scenes. I've had peacock feathers one time. Um, you know, like I said, there's probably odd things I could think of that um, had a greenhouse one time. I had a John boat one time, I think. Um, Let's see, stoves. Um, I know you've had plenty of stoves in there. Yes, absolutely. Our our bread and butter is mainly couches, chairs, beds. Um, we do 
sell secondhand mattresses as well. Um, my staff is trained to check those and we do inspect them before they come in and we do spray them as well. Um, you know, I had a woman that came in the other day and she said the cheapest mattress she'd been able to find was over $400 and she just couldn't afford that. So that is um, a part that we really, you know, work with the community on quite a bit. We also have a voucher program um, where we work with certain nonprofits and their clients um, to be able to come in and get items from the restore to, um, you know, make their houses safe for their children or to have a, our biggest request is beds for children, to be completely honest with you. Um, and so uh, Crystal, who is my administrative assistant, Crystal is over that program. She's ran that program for quite a while. And that's another way people can get involved. They can mail us a check directly to PO Box 1071. And the zip code's 42419, because in Henderson, we like to keep it interesting. Oh, yes, definitely. And, um, <laughs> but at our, uh, for our voucher program, um, people can donate, and then we're able to get get them a letter back directly from the family that they've helped. Um, so if, if a mom comes in and, you know, she says, I'm working two jobs, and, you know, I need a bed for my child, you know, we don't want people skipping medicine. We don't no, want- No, absolutely not. not you know, not paying their rent. We understand that, you know, cars break down sometimes. So the voucher program is um, one way that we can help um, the community to be able to make their houses safe, whether that's a habitat home or that's a, you know, another um, place that they're living. Um, you mentioned uh, refrigerators, stoves. We've done those on the voucher program before. Another way that we've done that on the voucher program is uh, emergency placements for foster children. Um, we work with the school system quite a bit, you know, um, foster parents may get a call and they may be having children coming by the end of the day. So we, you know, we really try to help make sure that that situation is smooth, that we can help them through the voucher program. Uh, we work with the father Bradley shelter as well, um, for when those women are ready to move out of the shelter and into their own apartments. Um, but we want to help with that stress a little bit, a little bit, make that transition, you know, a little bit smoother. Uh, I, I will say with our voucher program, people have to do what we call a community component. Oh, they, uh -huh. either, they either have to take a bank on Henderson class, which is a financial literacy course. Um, they have to donate $10 um, so that we can help another family with that money. They um, can volunteer here for two hours or the nonprofit that gave them their voucher for two hours. Um, or if they're part of a special program like Father Bradley, they um, once they graduate their program. So um, that's only we, fair. So they just have to give back in some form or fashion. Yes. And we've had, we've had quite a few people that have done the voucher program and, you know, they took the bank on Henderson class, which is offered by United way and the volunteer and information center here. And um, they're like, Oh man, I learned so much from that class. You know, so we feel it's a win-win program. <laughs> it's like they didn't know what they didn't know. <laughs> yes. yes, and sometimes, you know, they'll volunteer with us or at the other agencies, and they find out a lot about those agencies, and some of them continue to come back and keep volunteering. So um, that's a program that's really close to our hearts as well. Absolutely. So, you know, another great way you can contribute to uh, through the uh, the voucher program and uh, get letters in response so you know how your money is being put to work. And that's just a, you know, a definite perk. And like I said, you just, you know, they, there, there are certain commonalities in the race store. Some things may be slightly less common, but if, if it's something that you're looking for, 
and uh, you've been looking for a while. You just never know. You mm-hmm. might find it at the restore, even maybe a ribeye steak. You think I can come in there and get a ribeye steak, Brittany? Probably not on that. I got a few Cokes and chips. That's probably oh, about Okay, well, that's a start, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I could definitely go for Cokes and chips on <laughs> plenty of occasions. But, mm-hmm. uh, Brittany, I know that not only are uh, Habitat volunteers rewarded with a tremendous sense of pride from helping to change the lives of, of fellow Hendersonians, but they're also treated to special recognitions and celebrations. So why don't you talk a little bit about the ways in which the organization shows appreciation for its uh, faithful volunteers on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. So each year we have a a volunteer appreciation dinner. um, And that's a day for us to, you know, just say a huge thank you to the guys. Um, The community, you know, if they ever want to come out and show their appreciation, uh, donuts are always appreciated, you know, in the summer, um, Gatorades and things like that are always needed. Um, another thing that we do, any of our guys who are veterans, uh, we acknowledge them each year and the service that they've given. And, um, you know, at, at each home dedication, each groundbreaking, we make sure that we, um, you know, really acknowledge that um, they, they are the heart. Volunteers are the heart of Habitat. And we couldn't do what we do without um, our group. And I'm guessing you have a uh a different caterer to those appreciation dinners annually? Um, the last couple of years, we have done a food truck through Tom's. Oh, okay, um, that's good yeah. stuff. Yeah, it's actually worked out really well because Tom does all the cleanup. So you just, they go up to the window, they order with what they want, and then uh, then Tom uh, drives away and, and cleans up at his house. So that that works well for us and so, instead yeah. of us having you know, pans and pans of food. Um, we we thank Tom for uh, for doing that. Um, deviled eggs are the are the favorite from Tom. Oh, um, gotcha. So, but um, so you know you're going to eat well. Bottom line, it just won't be Brittany's cooking. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, they wouldn't eat my cooking. <laughs> they, they have, I promise you that. So, but, and we just have a you know we we have a really good time as as a group as a staff. Um, you know we're always joking around or. Um, you know, it's just, it's a really, really fun time to, uh, to come and enjoy. And we have some people, you know, who work and they're only off certain Tuesdays or Thursdays. Um, we're, you're always welcome to join the crew too. Um, we have a couple of firefighters who do that. Um, gotcha. you know, they're only off so many shifts and they come and help out as well. So, um, if you're interested in doing anything with Habitat, we'd love to talk to you because we will find a spot for you somewhere. Absolutely. How many how many volunteers do you have with Habitat currently, Brittany? Um, on the crews that build at the homes, I'd say probably fifteen to twenty. Um, consistently. Of course, some guys go on vacation. You know, sure. Um, and and we let them take vacation. It's not paid. But um, we also have another group um, that was started by um, Fred Lover, who um, was one of the guys that was instrumental here. Um, unfortunately, Fred passed away a few months ago. But Fred started the barn builder crew um, and uh, St. Vincent de Paul is great enough to let us build barns over at their facility across the street from us. And so um, Greg Pirtle and Terry Emmerich run that group. And that group is kind of set up for um, people that maybe don't want to be outside. That group actually works on Wednesdays. And um, that group builds all the yard barns for the Habitat homes. Okay, so whether you're an indoor person or an outdoor person, there is a spot for you with Habitat. <laughs> yes, there is. Yes, there is. So, and we, 
you know, I didn't want to forget to mention those guys too, because they're, you know, building the barns and, um, you know, they build crates and other things for us sometimes that we can sell in the restore. Um, they do not let any piece of wood go to waste if we can, um, you know, find a way to generate funds and habitat with it. Yeah. So you can, you know, make some friends, do good work for the community and be rewarded with an appreciation dinner. Now, when, when is that dinner, Brittany? Um, we haven't set the dinner for this year just yet. It's usually around May. Okay. Um, so it's usually in the spring. Mm -hmm. Okay, so that's that'll be coming up here in the next few months sometime, no doubt. Mm -hmm. So people can look forward to that. Now, uh, Brittany, if someone wishes to apply for housing or any other form of assistance from uh, Habitat for Humanity, talk, if you would, about the uh, application process along with the general guidelines and criteria that uh, that they have to meet. So on this answer, I might have to be a little vague because we are. It varies, I know, depending on the well, situation. <laughs> we are also uh, bound by and and very happy to support fair housing, um, through, uh, you know that HUD sets for us. So um, with that, we our application round actually just ended. Um, our application round was uh, from the beginning of January to February twenty eighth. So. Um, we usually have been doing it around that time each year. Um, they always want to check our Facebook, though, because we will go out about 30 to 45 days before we're going to do applications and post on there, letting people know that we're going to be doing applications. Gotcha. Uh, the main criteria is that we can tell people up front, you need to live or work in Henderson County and have lived or worked in Henderson County for at least a year. Um the uh, other thing is a willingness to partner. You know, there is some sweat equity on building your own home and the homes of others. Now, um, if there is a disability, then we, um, you know, are very versed in working with those things. Um, and like I said, we have tons of volunteer opportunities. Um, and, um, you know, so if you're interested in applying for Habitat Home, kind of watch our Facebook. If you get on our website, there are there are some Q&A documents on there that just answer your general questions. Right. And we're really hoping in the fall or um, close to Christmas next year, we're hoping before we open our next application round um, in 2024, we're hoping to be able to host a Q&A, like, um, like a Facebook Live, where for the night people can, um, you know, just ask questions or send in their questions. Uh, we're hoping to be able to offer a few more of those things. Um, that's good so people can log on and you know mm -hmm. get the info they need for their personal you know case or whatever and ask questions yes. as they yeah. as and, they and need the, to and the reason that we can't answer specific questions um is because hud's rule is if if you ask me a question sam um i have to start an application with you because they don't want me to of course to discourage you from applying for housing <laughs> right and, I also, if we talk about housing um, outside of just the general term that I mentioned, then we would need to go ahead and, um, you know, send you a letter uh, approving or denying you. So, um, oh, gosh. so, yeah, there's only there's only so much, only so many beans you can spill yes, yes. <laughs> on when, that front. Yeah. When the application round is open, we highly encourage people to think about applying, even if you have never thought about it before. Um, you know, please, please look into it if you think that it's even a possibility that it's something that you might need in your life. What happens to us a lot is people will wait a little bit too long to apply for habitat housing. And we want them, you know, we want them to apply maybe a year or two earlier. Um, 
because like I said, you know, multitude of people, Habitat International actually put out some numbers. Um, you know, people are considered cost burdened if they're spending over 30% of their gross monthly income on housing. And we have heard stories of residents cutting their insulin in half to be able to pay their bills. Oh, goodness. You know, of, of certain places that people are renting their like $1,100 and their, their utilities or, you know, another four or 500. So, like I said, we really, really want people to, um, you know, come pick up an application, look through it. And then when we're in an application round, they can set a meeting if they want to meet with us one-on-one. And once we do that, we can answer some more questions. It's just sure. outside of those application rounds. We really have to be strict with what we do to make sure that we are um, following those fair housing guidelines appropriately. So, but so that's, <laughs> that's different to everyone. So, yeah, and ne never any harm done in applying, right? No, no. Yeah, absolutely. So keep that in mind. You know, usually right around the beginning of the year, there is when the application process. Um, opens up and it uh, runs through about the end of February, like Brittany says. So uh, ample opportunity for for you to get in on the action for sure. Now, uh, be sure to check them out online, folks. It's uh, hendersonhabitat.org. Like she said, you can also shop the fabulous Habitat Restore mm -hmm. on Facebook. And that's a, a great way to shop. Beats Amazon, like she said. And uh, how else would you recommend that people keep tabs on Habitat there, Brittany? The best way is our Facebook. Um, on our Facebook, we'll post about the Restore on certain days. Other days, we'll post about our volunteers. Um, sometimes we'll post about families. Um, so that's the best way to keep up with what we're doing on a daily basis. Our restore does have its own page as well. Um, and I believe that's Henderson Habitat Restore, but you can go to that page through um, our main page, which is just Henderson Habitat. But uh, people seem to love those Facebook lives uh, that they do out in the restore. And we are also uh, working on getting, we have a YouTube channel. We're working on getting that back up um, to being a little bit more active. We're hoping to get our Twitter a little more active. Um, our handle on that is Hindo Habitat. Hindo okay. Habitat. Hindo yeah, Habitat. Be... That for a second. Um, and you know, so we've we've got a, a lot of things that we've got in the works. Um, just a few need a few more hours in each day. Um, sure. Yeah. If, if only we had more than twenty four. But yes. uh, anyway, <laughs> so keep uh, keep watching for more stuff via YouTube and Twitter. For now, make sure that you follow them. Uh, on the uh, Facebook page and shop the Reeves store page on Facebook as well. 826-0015 is the phone number and you can get a hold of anybody for any mm -hmm. reason with yeah. Habitat <laughs> via that number. So yeah, gosh, I'm going to be uh, saying that in my sleep tonight. Just sort, <laughs> <laughs> it sort of rolls right off the tug. Well, <laughs> Brittany, we sure have learned a lot and had a bunch of fun. Hope you've enjoyed it. We have. Thank you so much for having us on, Sam. Thank you a bunch. I know uh, a busy spring is in store for you with all these dedications. Hard to believe we're up to 77 houses now. That's quite an accomplishment. It, uh, absolutely, it absolutely is. Like I said, we are so grateful to the community for all their support for all the years. We've been an affiliate since 1991 in Henderson. 91. So I was three and I guess you would have been four. Yep. About, so. about there. So yeah, we, we can't thank the community enough. We we would not exist without the community's support. So, and plenty more room for you people who aren't yet on board Absolutely. to make sure that you uh, join in on the fun and excitement. Brittany, you rock. All right. Thank you so much, Sam.
Now, there's no way that I or anybody else could ever put into word how much Habitat for Humanity has meant to people not just in Henderson, not just in Kentucky, but all across the country, and how many people. I mean, that's almost not calculable. I mean, the number of people that uh, Habitat for Humanity has impacted is just off the charts, and it's a uh, a highly important organization that we should all have a soft spot in our heart for, and we should all make a valiant effort to contribute and pitch in uh, by any means possible. So, be sure to look up Habitat for Humanity of Henderson, and it's easy to do so because I am linking you to their webpage in my show notes. So you just click on that link, and you can find all about Habitat for Humanity of Henderson the staff, the volunteer efforts, that upcoming 5K that's associated with the uh, Tri-Fest in the middle of April, and the Bourbon Raffle, which I know that uh, a number of you will be interested in, and rightfully so. You know, you can uh, satisfy your own craving while benefiting a good cause in the process, so you'll certainly want to keep tabs on the Bourbon Raffle. Thanks so much to Brittany Smith for coming on with me today. I know that there are a number of other things she could have been doing, other people she could have been talking to, so I could not be more grateful that she uh, lent some of her time to me and us here on Blabbing in the Bluegrass. Now, I don't know about all nonprofits across the state, so in fact, (laughs) I'm even uh, learning about some here in my own backyard on uh, almost a monthly basis. So, be sure to uh, fill me in on the nonprofits doing great things here in Kentucky, and uh, you can do so via email, okay? My email address is bluegrassblabbin at gmail.com, B-L-U-E-G-R-A-S-S-B-L-A-B-B-I-N at gmail.com. Now, the notable nonprofit is one of many features that I've been known to rotate here on the show. So you can use that same email address to let me know about that favorite restaurant of yours here in Kentucky that's locally owned and operated. You can also let me know about those state parks that you enjoy visiting, musicians that are attempting to make a splash, or maybe already have that have roots in Kentucky, or maybe they reside here currently. Also, that teacher that made a profound impact on your life, that healthcare professional, nurse, doctor that really helped to care for you and uh, your family or maybe a close friend of yours or friends that really inspired you to perhaps maybe pursue a similar career path. So let me know about any or all of those people. Bottom line, if they are connected to the Commonwealth, I am glad to consider them for a future feature. Not only can you use email, but you can also use my Blabbing in the Bluegrass Facebook page. And be sure that you like and follow that because all the shows that we've done to this point are right there for your listening pleasure. If you are new to the show, you owe it to my guests to go back and uh, listen to their features. I know that you will enjoy them and I know that they will wholeheartedly appreciate you listening, as will I. Now, while you're there, you can uh, keep tabs on future plans for Blabbing in the Bluegrass as I uh, post teasers pretty much week to week, and you can make comments, leave messages. I love hearing from listeners via Facebook also. Now, March 15th 
It'll be the middle of March when we next come at you. At least that is the scheduled date, so make sure that you're here. Mark that on your calendar, Wednesday, March 15th, because you are indeed the glue that holds this show together. We need each other. Well, you may not need me, but I need you to be a part of the listening audience here on a weekly basis. I would miss you if you weren't, so make sure that you are a part of the fun here next week and every week. Before we bid you adieu for this time around, we have the answer of this week's Bluegrass Brain Buster. From the beginning of the show, you knew it was probably going to be Habitat-themed, and I wanted to know... How many Habitat for Humanity chapters are found in Kentucky? 30. 30 chapters all across the state. Henderson is lucky enough to have their own chapter serving Henderson and Henderson County. There's not a chapter in every county, not all 120 counties, but there is at least one in every region. So I can assure you that if you're not in Henderson, you are not far from a chapter, and they would love your uh, participation, your support, your engagement. So there are 30 chapters all across this great state doing great work and uh, carrying out the mission of Habitat for Humanity. 30 is your answer for this week's Brain Buster. Come on back next week for another one. And remember, until we get together again, that you can listen and subscribe to the show without paying one pretty penny via numerous podcast directories. These include Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Verbal. Those have been around for a while, and recently we have added Boomplay, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, and even a few others. So if we're not yet a part of your go-to podcast directory, let me know what that is, okay? You can do so via email. You can do so via Facebook. However means necessary, just reach out to me so that I can do my part to make sure that we're a part of that directory, ASAP. So until we get together again, do me one favor and one favor alone. Keep laughing, keep smiling, and keep blabbing in the bluegrass. Because we're blabbing blabbing in the bluegrass. There's nothing here to hide, cause we're saying it with pride. Just a blabbing, blabbing in the bluegrass. With knowledge of the state, you're sure to appreciate. Yes, we're blabbing, blabbing in the bluegrass. Where musicians furnish talent and great whiskey cools your palate. Just a blabbing, blabbing in the bluegrass. With a fit for every taste, precious time is not to waste.